And did you um, make that mistake and it was it was costly or did you actually, you know, you read the terms and thought, I'm not going to go ahead with that deal? I, you know, I made the mistake. If not, I wouldn't be giving you that <laughs> advice, right? <laughs> so how much would you say that cost you then? Uh, a couple of hundred thousand dollars. The Tump Screen podcast is owned and made possible by Ethical Marketing Service. If your business is struggling with Google or Facebook ads, maybe you're frustrated figuring it out or there's a performance issue, Ethical Marketing Service has worked on hundreds of accounts and we can help in this area. We offer a 30-day money-back guarantee and for every direct account we look after, we sponsor a child in a developing nation with food, water and education. If you would like to find out if we can help, it's a free no salesy consultation call and the link is in the description. Enjoy the episode. Thomas Green here with Ethical Marketing Service. On the episode today, we have Edwin Carrion. Edwin, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me on the show, Thomas. How are you? And to everyone listening out there, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Let's get ready for an amazing show. One of the better responses I've heard. So thank you for that. Would you like to take a moment and tell the audience a bit about yourself and what you do? Oh, sure. Of course. My name is Edwin Carrion. I call myself the God Made Millionaire, and a lot of people get to know me by that name. But I was born in Ecuador. I came to the United States when I was 12 years old, raised by a single mother, and migrated to the United States. From there on, I started my military career at the young age of 18 years old into the United States Marines, left the United States Marines, had some amazing time in the military, and became a successful entrepreneur. And today I'm here with you to share my experiences and be able to impact your life in one way or another. Great introduction. Thank you for that. I, um, I wanted to ask you something because I saw in the profile that you became an entrepreneur at the age of 14. Do you mind um, telling that story for a bit? Yes, uh, of course. Like I mentioned a minute ago, I was raised by a single mother, so I did not want to be a burden to her. So I had to figure out how I can make money at a young age, especially um, my mother raised two kids on her own. And it just sounds like a Tupac song, right? Like the Tupac story, you know, raising two kids on your own. But uh, from there on, I realized like that I need to make money on my own to be able to buy the things that I wanted, but at the same time, not to be a burden on her. So at 14 years old, we lived in an apartment building and I started looking at the doors around and there was too many doors to count. And then I looked down at the parking lot because we used to live like on a maybe seven or eight floor. And there was a bunch of cars on the, on the ground. So I'm like, wow, what can I do at 14 years old that is going to be easy for me and able to make money? So I looked at all the cars. And I'm like, okay, I could wash cars. That's something simple. All I need is water, which is free. And I need a bottle of soap, which I could take from my mom's. The dishwashing soap and start washing cars. So sure enough, I convinced my best friend to do that. And we started a car washing company at 14 years old. But then the cool thing about that was that in no time, I had too many cars uh, to wash. So we had to recruit another friend of ours. So I was doing the sales because I did not like to wash the cars. So I was doing the sales and I had my friends doing the dirty work, which is washing the cars. So that's kind of, I always say, I started my entrepreneurship at 14 years old. It's brilliant. Any uh, thoughts in terms of why you decided to do that versus maybe your friends um, didn't? What makes you um, 
What makes you come up with that idea where where other children wouldn't have done? Um, I think it's part of need. So when you have a need in your life and when there's a want in your life, then you kind of figure out what is it that you need to do in order to fulfill that need and that want. But sometimes I always say the need is bigger than the want. Interesting. And um, I guess that's the challenge of when, let's say, if you, when once you've become successful and you, you don't have that need anymore, that's um, tricky if you have children to try and teach them that. Any thoughts there? Uh, yes, it, it is. But uh, again, once you become successful, to me, I have two kids, uh, my two daughters, eight and 10 years old. And they are very blessed, extremely blessed because they're able to have anything that they want. But at the same time, I make sure that I teach them and I make them understand to always stay humble and to be grateful for everything that they have because they have it not because of their merits, but because of how good they behave, how good they are and what they do in school. So they still have to earn everything that that they have. So to me, it's teaching them that things are earned and not given. Great answer. So how does your first business venture end? Um, how does my first business venture? Let's talk about uh, uh, moving forward because starting at 14 years old, again, to me, that was more of a, a hobby. But my first business venture, when I really called the business venture, was when I started my DJ company at 15 years old. So I started a DJing company and it was so cool because uh, I always loved music. Until this day, I love music, all kinds of music. And my best friend comes to me. He's like, you know, hey, bro, I got us a party. I got us a gig. They're going to pay us like uh, $500. I'm like, oh, my God, $500 for four hours. So we're making $100 an hour. And this I'm talking about almost 30 years ago, 28 years ago, to be exact. So that was a lot for for a 15-year-old kid. So I told my mom, I was like, mom, I got a party. They're going to pay us. I need you to please be my investor and invest with me. I need to buy the equipment, the speakers, the music. I need to buy them. So we spent like around $2,000 or $3,000 for this one party. But that was the beginning of the DJ business. Uh, it, it was an amazing experience. The first one that we had, it was all crazy. We got there an hour late. It took us like 45 minutes to set up the equipment. We had none of the music that uh, the birthday girl requested because she liked rock and roll. We didn't like rock and roll at that time. So she had to give us all the music. And we played it for her, but they had a great time at the end. We finished the night good. We got taped, and it was a great night. So from there on, fast forward a couple of years, uh, was, I had 10 DJs working for me. I had a, a big entertainment company. I was working at radio stations. I was working at nightclubs. I grew my DJ business. And then uh, that business ended because I gave that business away to a good friend of mine because I joined the Marine Corps. And that's when that business stopped at that moment. There's a lot in that answer um, because, for one thing, you started another business a year after. Um, so you, I, my guess is you got the bug at that point. But the biggest thing for me that jumped out was the fact that you had 10 people working for you in that short space of time. And sometimes it takes, it can take years to get, I mean, you know, a decade maybe to get that kind of growth uh, for some people. So what would you say was responsible for that? Um, again, once again, my drive and the ability to make connections and understand how to delegate. And that's one of the biggest things that I, I always do is, is delegate. Learn to delegate. Learn to figure out 
how for me not to work so I could have a lot of free a lot of free time and figure out how I could capture a lot of the market and be really good at one thing at one specific niche and able to delegate and help people out. One of the things that I learned now that I'm older and I'm wiser is that the bigger each one of my company gets, the more families and the more people we're able to impact. Why? Because we're able to sustain more families. We're able to give more jobs to more people. So to me, that has been one of the biggest blessings of learning that, that I make my company bigger not to make more money, but the companies have to grow in order to be able to give back a lot more to other people. The delegation thing is is really interesting because um, I have heard it before. Do you think it's one of the main reasons why businesses don't scale where um, owners hang on to work too much? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. That is one of them. And I see it every day with the people that I mentor and I, I consult with in businesses is because they think no one else could do the job like they can. And they're right. Nobody else could do the job like you can. But they could at least come close to doing it the way that you do it. Mm. And you decide to give the business away instead of selling it. Um, what's the thinking there? Uh, too young. Did not know you could sell a business. Uh, I, was, I had to leave to the Marine Corps within a couple of weeks. Didn't know what to do. Had a lot of parties booked for the rest of the year. And I just kind of handed off to a good friend of mine. Like, here's my book of business. Take care of it. Take care of my clients. Here you go. Sometimes and in life, you... we have to pass out some blessings. <laughs> I think you did there. Um, but I'm interested to know if you got any feedback about the business at any point in the future. Um, no, I did not. I was gone for four years after that, four and a half years, actually, to be exact, in the military. So I kind of completely disconnected from that world once, once I was gone. So it could still be alive today then? It could. It could still be alive today. <laughs> I, I, well, I, I don't think it could still be alive today because I know for a fact I wouldn't want to be doing that because even though it's a great business, but again, you're, you're, you're working every weekend, you're working nights, you're working holidays. You know, Most of the parties happen on those times. So I don't, I don't think I'll be involved, especially now that I have a wife and kids in that business. Well, the next part of your story, you referenced the military, and um, it is something that I I find the topic fascinating. Um, it's the the idea of um, that kind of discipline, structured discipline in your life. Um, first of all, what made you decide, considering you have a successful business at that stage, what made you just decide to join the military, and what did that look like? Um. Couple of factors. Uh, number one, I always wanted to be in the military. I love how the uniform looked, and you know, you being a military type of person, looked at. I love that part, and I always wanted that. That was like one of my childhood dreams. But the second thing was that at 18 years old, I was kind of hanging around with the wrong crowd, and I did something that I wasn't supposed to, and I got arrested, and I went to jail for a day. And when I came out of jail, I'm like, I need to change my life around. I'm going to the military, which uh, a year later passed by, I signed, the, I signed the papers, but I didn't go into it because I had to wait like a year. And within that year, I changed my whole life around. I was going to college uh, to become an attorney. Uh, my business was growing. My DJ business was growing. And then a year later, the recruiter comes and it's like, you need to go to the military. It's time for you to go. I'm like, no, I'm not going to go. And then he kind of conned me into going into the military because once I was in it, I realized I didn't have to be there. And I got the option of coming back. But then I gave, I gave away my business. I quit school. I quit the other job that I had. 
And I was already committed to being there. So I'm like, I'm going to make the best out of it. And sure enough, I made the best out of it. I had the most amazing experience that only maybe one or 2% of the Marines get to experience. And I was like, this is the, like, if you look at a triangle, right? Uh, I was like at the top, top of the peak of the triangle of the experiences that I, that I had in the military compared to everyone else in the military. Why is that? Um, number one, I got to do amazing things. I got to travel the world. So I was stationed in, in Japan. I went to Korea. I went to Europe. I was stationed in Moscow, Russia. Uh, I got to guard the American embassies. I got a top secret clearance. I got to work with the FBI and train with the FBI, DEA, CIA. So not everyone in the military gets to do that, only very few. And I was fortunate enough and blessed enough to be able to do all those things in such a short period of time. Thank you for that. So to the degree that you can share anything, is there any story that you could share that was you felt was cool or noteworthy? Ah, oh, a couple of cool stories. I mean, uh, going on our way to Korea, uh, we were doing an amphibious uh, assault exercise, just like uh, on the movie Saving Private Ryan, just like identical in the movie Saving Private Ryan. But to me, it was... It was great because on the way there, uh, Kosovo was happening and really scary moment that we might go to Kosovo, we might go to war. And then all of a sudden, they just turned around, took us back to Japan. And uh, the first mule went in there, first Marine Expeditionary Unit, went and took our place and we got back home safely. So it was an exciting moment, but at the same time, a, a good blessing because now that I understand the effects of going to war, I am extremely happy that I was never in war. I was never had to encounter anything like that. Thank you for that. Uh, in terms of your learnings from being a Marine, what would you say the, the key learnings are? Uh, one of the main, the main key learnings that I always apply into my life today is my core values. And uh, not that I learned them in the military, but that reinforced those core values into my life, which, which was honor, courage, and commitment. So honor, courage, and commitment, I always had those values instilled in me since I was a little kid, to always be an honorable person, to always be committed to the things that I do, and, um, and to have courage, you know, not to be afraid of doing things. But just being in the military, those are the military, the United States Marines core values, and that just kind of reinforced that into my life, and I carried those through my life every single day of honor, courage, and commitment. So always being a person of honor, being courageous, and being committed to whatever I do and to the people that are around me. And how would you say uh, it changed you? How were you different when you came back? Um, different, the, the way that I looked at things, and, and the biggest difference was that when you go into the military as a young kid, they completely transform who you are and especially going into the Marines, which, you know, those are the badasses of, of, of all the military branches in the United States. And coming out of there, you come out with this pride that you're indestructible, you're invincible, you're like the biggest badass, like you are the SHIT and nothing could take you down. And, and that pride carries on with me and it's going to carry on with me for the rest of my life. And, and that is actually what kind of helps me every time I start a business, knowing that I have that honor, that courage, that commitment, and there's nothing that could stop me that I always keep pushing through. So it's kind of just giving you that self-confidence and that know-how and the mindset that 
we could accomplish anything we want in our lives because going through what I went through in the military, I mean, there's nothing that could be worse than that. Well, um, I'm fortunate and um, sorry that you were sort of led there on false pretense in a way. But um, when what was the uh, the story in terms of uh, when you decided to to leave? How did that go? Uh, when I decided to leave to the Marine Corps, or after uh, I come left? home, yeah. Oh, come home. Okay. So what happened there was that since I was so fortunate enough to be surrounded by all these federal government agencies, uh, FBI, DEA, CIA, Department of State, and working in the American embassies. I realized that there was another part of the federal government that is much better and has a lot of better benefits than being in the military. So while I was in the military, I looked at myself that I wasn't part of the military because my group within the military was very small. So thinking about coming back to a military base uh, in the middle of nowhere in the United States and just having some odd jobs, I'm like, you know what? This is not what I want for me. If I want to be in the, in the, on the government side, like I need to become a, a CIA agent. I need to become a DEA agent so I could travel the world. I could be living in these embassies in different countries and, and get paid a lot more. And I looked at things that way. So prior for me to getting out, when it was time for me to get out, I'm like, if I don't get promoted to this rank, and it was, again, it goes, you know, you have to ask for some, you have to reach the sky in order to kind of like, uh, you know, get to, get to the top. So my requests were extremely outrageous. And uh, if I would have gotten it, I would have stayed in the Marine Corps. But, you know, uh, the odds were very uh, little to none for me to get what, what I was requesting. So it was my time to leave. I had fun. I did everything that I wanted to do. And uh, in my life, I knew that it was time for me to move on and to move on to something better. Do you mind sharing? Um a bit about the thinking there in terms of asking for something which is you you said the word outrageous um presumably that's something which you still you still do you sh shoot for the stars as you said um do you mind sharing your thinking on that principle yes um again you always hear shoot for the stars so you could hit the sky right so again with that i'm like i know this is crazy but i know it has happened at one point in my life i know it has happened uh, at one point in somebody's life in the past. So let me just give it a try. You know, the worst that it, it, it could happen is they tell me no. And I did exactly that. And it actually helped me be more at ease with my decision of walking away because it was a scary moment at that time of leaving, having that comfort of having the, that, that weekly paycheck or the bi-weekly paycheck that we get, comfort of having a house and knowing that when I lived the military, I was in debt. And I had to go back to mom's house after being, being out of her house for four and a half years and then starting all over again. But I knew that if I didn't make the hard decision, if I didn't put myself in that uncomfortable situation, I was never going to grow and I was never going to uh, move on to the next phase of my life and whatever that was at that moment and figure out whatever I needed to do to continue. I wasn't going to have that need, like I mentioned a minute ago, because I had the one. So I, I didn't have... I needed to figure out and have a need in my life in order to continue moving forward. And that's exactly what I had to put myself in that uncomfortable situation to move forward. Any adjustments to uh, coming back home? Um, adjustment, it was just, uh, just 
dealing with people and having to figure out how to to move forward, how to grow, how to just having that drive and I had that hunger of being successful, of being a millionaire. And, and again, to me, that thing was leaving the military. I started my own business and I'm like, I want to be a millionaire. And it was it was constantly in my head, be a millionaire, be a millionaire. And being in the military and working nonstop, I had the drive and I had, and I that's all I will do. Just work, 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 trying to achieve that millionaire status until I finally achieved it. And that was all in my head. So it was to me, I put away everything, everything that my family, I put away my friends, I put away my relationship with God because I was chasing, I put away my health because I was chasing the millionaire status. I was chasing this supposedly what I thought in my life was going to be success of becoming a millionaire. And I achieved it and I achieved it fast, but then it was all gone. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, I, I was going to ask what happens next for you, but you mentioned that you had that, should we say the voice in your head or that drive? Did you know why you wanted to be a millionaire at the time? Growing up uh, on a very humble home and uh, going to, to to good schools and seeing people have things, I wanted to have those things. And, and again, my dreams, I had plenty of dreams as a little kid. I wanted to be a pilot. So I wanted to fly and I know that was expensive. I wanted to have a Lamborghini. And, uh, you know, and one way I could have a Lamborghini was that I need to have money and I wanted to have my own big house and, and I had my dreams and I would, and I wasn't going to give up on my dreams. And I think that was one of the biggest things that I did not want to give up on my childhood dreams. I didn't want to give up on the dreams that I had. I wanted to help my mom out and, and retire her. So to me, like all these things were in my mind that I need and I need and I need this and I want this and I want this, that I was working hard for that to achieve my childhood dreams. So what happens next for you? Um, I go bankrupt in 2007, the real estate market crashed. So I leave the Marine Corps. I become a real estate developer, go bankrupt. And I'm like, wow, I'm a failure. I'm a loser. Uh, I, I made all this money and I have nothing to show for. And that's when it was a very humbling moment in my life, realizing that all this time and all this effort that I put into this business to become so a millionaire, and I used to call myself a self-made millionaire, I realized that I didn't achieve the success that I had on my own. I put away everything that I thought I wanted in my life and all the people and my family, and I'm, like I mentioned a minute ago, to achieve the success. And I'm like, you know what? I have nothing to show for. I wasted five years of my life, and here I am again, back to zero, to square one. And uh, after a little bit of being down, I started back up again. A good opportunity came out and I started a gold buying business. But this time around, I said, I'm going to live the life that I deserve. I'm going to live my best life. I'm going to live a fulfilled life. And money is not an object to me. It was more achieving the lifestyle that I wanted. And sure enough, in no time, in less than two years, I had a, an amazing company making millions. I was working five hours a week. And spending all my time on, on a boat every single day, pretty much, uh, driving the Lamborghini, uh, living on the, on the house of my dreams, and just having that financial freedom and living that uh, life, living life to the fullest, like I call it. And I always preach everyone, you need to live your life to the fullest. And the reason that part of that success came into my life was because my focus at that time, it wasn't money, it wasn't being a millionaire, it was 
having a fulfilled life, living my best life. I got my relationship with God again. I met my wife, the girl of my dreams, and God gave me two beautiful girls, which that's what I wanted in my life, to be a father and have two beautiful girls. So I got everything that I wanted in my life, and it just continued going uphill from there. <laughs> Thank you for that. There is a lot there for, that I want to follow up on. Um, the first being, the, what was the main lesson that you learned from uh, the real estate company? Um, should we say the, failing? Yeah, the, the main main lesson that I learned from that is that whenever you have a company, you need to have your company recession proof. You need to make sure your company is recession proof because there's times and bad times are going to come in any business. And in any market, like right now, we're entering a recession. So if your business is not recession-proof, you're going to feel it. You're going to feel it. So how do you recession-proof a business? That's the key, right? How do you recession-proof a <laughs> business? Uh, it, one of the simplest ways to, to have your business recession-proof is think about what is it that you need to do if you were to lose 50% of your revenue overnight can your business sustain? Are you able to sustain your business for the next six months or 12 months? And if the answer is no, then you need to figure out what is it that you need to do today to be able to sustain your overhead and everything in your business if your revenue was to drop 50%. Are you going to be able to sustain your household for that? Uh, and that is one of the most important things that you need. How much debt do you have? Are you extremely over leveraged? Because to me, that was one of the biggest things. In 2007, 2008, I was extremely over leveraged because I wanted to grow really fast. So are you over leveraged? And things that, those are the things that you need to think about. Can I shut down my business for a year and still survive and then open it back up and continue having the same business that I have? So that's kind of how you recession-proof your business. But at the same time, when a recession comes in, is your business going to survive through the recession? Do I need to offer different products so my business could continue creating the same revenue that it does. Great answer. And thank you for that. And I think if, if people actually um, listen to that advice going into what is essentially a tough time, I think it's very worthwhile that in, in and of itself. You also mentioned your new company, the gold company. And yes. you referenced in, I think you said two years that it grew very quickly and i was wondering what the uh reason for that was how, how did you grow that company so quickly so the reason we grew that company so quickly because i know how to scale a company i learned how to scale a company while i had my real estate development company i took that company from negative hundred thousand dollars in debt to over 20 million dollars in assets in just five years so i knew exactly how to scale a company really fast and i knew all the mistakes that i made which is being extremely over leveraged. So this time around, I made sure that I wasn't over leveraged and I had a, a good foundation, some good roots on the ground before I, I scaled this company. And during a recession, during the recession of 2008, this business made me millions. And again, it goes back into being recession proof. So making sure your business is recession proof. So when I got into this business, this was a business that it was a recession proof business, that this business survives during a thrives during a recession and survives during a good economic time. Why? 
And it was a good business because, again, one of the things that I started looking for business was how can I serve other people? And this time, during a recession, a lot of people were hurting. A lot of people needed money. So we were giving money away to people in exchange for unwanted and broken jewelry. So it was a win-win situation for everybody. But at the same time, all that broken jewelry and unwanted jewelry that I was buying from them, I was recycling that and helping the environment at the same time. And that's how we started. And we grew that company, created a franchise model, uh, had 14 stores throughout the United States. And in 2014, I sold that business. So one of the biggest things that I learned there was that not only do you start a business, but you scale a business. And once you scale the business, you sell the business. And once you sell the business, you get one of the most amazing things that you can get, which is you buy yourself your time back. Well, I definitely want to ask about the exit, but um, in your previous answer, you said that you like to live life to the fullest. Um, yes. And it's very much something which I feel is beneficial for other people to hear. So what do you mean when you say live life to the fullest? Uh, live life to the fullest means to me, it's living my ideal life. What do I want my ideal life to be like? So if today something were to happen to me and I'm laying down in my deathbed and I look back at my life, am I going to say, I should have done that, I could have done that, I would have done that, or am I going to say, wow, Edwin, you had such an amazing life. There's no regrets. There's nothing that I didn't get to do because I got to do everything on my wish list and my bucket list. And I had so much fun along the way. And not only that, but along the way, I created some amazing experience and memories for my loved ones. Because the only thing I could leave to them that is never going to go away are those memories. And that's what I'm creating every single day with my family. Did you do like a formal exercise of the, the deathbed exercise or was it just something that was in, in your mind that you were thinking about? Um, it was just something in my mind that came to me. And again, I said, you know, because what happens to a lot of us uh, when we're adults is that as we grow older, we realize that we forget about the childhood dreams that we had. So, you know, maybe as a kid, you thought about that you want to drive a race car. You never got the chance to do it, right? Because you never took the time to do it. So that was a kid, you know, when you're a little kid and, you, and you're playing with your toys, your car toys, you're like, oh my God, I'm going to be driving a race car, blah, 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 blah. But a lot of us never get to do that in our life. Why? Because we forget about that dream that we had as a kid. Or my perfect example, which is I wanted to fly planes and I wanted to be a pilot. And as a kid, I always wanted to be a pilot. I looked up at the sky, I'm like, oh my God, I want to fly, I want to be in the sky. And then sure enough, you know, I didn't put that dream behind. I became a pilot. And, or, you know, when, I, when, when you looked at, I love the water, I love the ocean. And, and to me, being on the water is one of the most satisfying things that could happen to me. So I always wanted to have a boat. And sure enough, I'm like, I did not put that dream aside. But again, the dreams always change and they get bigger and bigger and bigger. So it came to the point that I told my wife when my kids were little, I'm going to retire on a 45-foot yacht. And that's going to be my last yacht, my biggest one, that that's where I'm going to retire. And fortunate enough, I'm not retired yet because I don't want to. And right now I have a 54-foot 54, 54 yacht. 
And I love it because that creates amazing memories with my family. So it's not so much about the material things that I have, but it's mostly what those material things do in my life and for my family and what experiences can I leave behind. And I love that because I invite a lot of the people that I mentor to go out on my yacht and I show them the experiences and, and the legacy that they can leave behind for themselves, for their family, for their loved ones, for the people that they love. Once you start understanding that, you start shifting your mindset into living that fulfilled life, living your life to the fullest. Any advice for someone who's perhaps not living up to their potential at the moment? Um, yes. The, the, the best advice to do is take some time, sit down, write down how do you want your, your life to be? How do you want your ideal life to be? What is it the things that you had as a kid? What are the dreams that you had as a young kid that you have not accomplished yet? Put them all down and, may, and start focusing exclusively and only on that. Don't worry about how much is it going to cost. If you wanted a Lamborghini, don't focus on how much the Lamborghini is going to cost. Start focusing on you having the Lamborghini, attracting that into your life. And eventually, you're going to get that. Well, you referenced in uh, your previous answer about the fact that you sold your business. So um, I've actually done a couple of episodes um, all on the exit of a business. So for other people, what would you say are your best learnings from how to sell a business? First learnings of how to sell a business is number one, make sure your business is scalable. Make sure you have good systems and processes in place. So when you exit the business, it's easy to transition. Number two, make sure you understand how to value your company. So you're not taking advantage of when you're selling. And if you hire a broker, make sure you understand and you read the fine line on the brokerage agreement because some brokers, they want to take you for every, they want a commission for everything you're going to get in the long run. So you kind of have to figure out that that commission is only based on the transactional part and the cash that you get up front. Okay. And did you um, make that mistake and it was, it was costly or did you actually, you know, you read the terms and thought, I'm not going to go ahead with that deal? I, you know, I made the mistake. If not, I wouldn't be giving <laughs> you that advice, right? <laughs> so how much would you say that cost you then? Uh, a couple of hundred thousand dollars. Well, that's a very good piece of advice for, uh, for you to pass along then. So thank you very much for, for sharing that. And, and, and that's why I, I always say, you know, the, the importance of having a mentor, it, it's, it's so valuable because people don't understand that not only a mentor is going to cut the learning curve, but they're going to make you so much more money, not only in revenue, but in other ways and in network and in people that you get to know once you have the right mentor. Because without it, yeah, you could do everything on your own, but it's going to cost you just like it cost me. Well, um, based on our conversation today, I can't ever see you retiring. I, I think that you're always going to have something going on. But um, the question is, you know, what's next for you? Um, next for me is this year, I'm really uh, pushing my public speaking career. And I'm very blessed that I'm actually going to be going into the UK soon to speak to over 600 uh, amazing entrepreneurs. And that's just the beginning. My, my ultimate goal and my ultimate mission at this moment is to impact as many lives as I can, to impact as many people as I can, 
and teach them and show them how to live a fulfilled life, how to live their life to the fullest. Well, on that topic, what would you say are the biggest mistakes people make in relation to living a full life? Not having a balance in their life. And I think that's one of the biggest, biggest ones. Because like I mentioned at the beginning, we focus into having the successful business. We focus into having this amazing company. We focus into making the money. But we forget everything else that's important in our life. We forget about our family. We forget about our significant other. We forget about our relationship with our God. And we forget about all those things. And when when we don't have those good relationships here, doesn't matter how much money we have, we're not going to be fulfilled in our lives. And we forget about ourselves, which that's one also the most important things too. We forget about us, forget about our health. It doesn't matter how much money you have. If you're unhealthy, no money in the world is going to help you out. So again, it starts within and from there on, everything grows. Well, I mentioned, um, I asked one question uh, every time I speak to someone. And that question is, what does success mean to you? Uh, Success means to me, being a God-made millionaire, being rich in all aspects of my life. And because of that, I wrote a book. It's called Nine Secrets for a Successful Life and Business that all your listeners could have today for free. And how do they get that? Uh, Just go to my website, edwincarrion.com, and you're able to download the book, Nine Secrets for a Successful Life in Business. And these are secrets that I created, but these are secrets that a bunch of my millionaire friends have shared with me along the many, many years of my journey in business. This is very impressive that you've got it up on the screen there at the click of a button. This is the uh, the excellence that you, you take to your other businesses, right? Yes, sir. Love it. Do you have any closing thoughts for us today? Yes. I'm going to leave you with one thing, that if you don't know where you're going, you will eventually get there. <laughs> well, um, for those, I, I, I know you've, you've referenced the, uh, in, your, in the previous answer, but for those who are looking to either follow you or connect with you, where do they go? Um, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, Edwin Carrion 78. Uh, you can find me there. And if you have any questions, send me a message. And like my mentor says, become an asshole. Because if you don't ask, you're never going to get an answer. So it's okay. Reach out to whoever you want. The worst thing they could say is no. But just ask the questions and I'm here to serve and help everyone. Edwin, I found you to be very inspiring today. So thank you very much for being a great guest. Thank you for having me and to everyone out there, have a beautiful day.